I'm here to tell you about one of my favourite mathematicians. I have a lot of mathematicians that I like. Dame Mary Lucy Cartwright, born 1900 and died 1998. She was the first woman to obtain a first in her university degree. She was also one of the first mathematicians to study chaos theory. Ada Lovelace, born 1815 and died 1852. She was the first author of a computer programme despite living more than a century before the first modern computer. Sophie Germain, born 1776 and died 1831. She was a French mathematician, physicist and philosopher. She contributed a lot to number theory. But today I will not be talking about any of these people. Today I will be talking about Catherine Johnson, the NASA mathematician. Catherine Johnson was born on the 26th of August 1918. Her parents named her Crayola Catherine Coleman and she was the youngest of four. From an early age, Catherine showed strong mathematical abilities. Catherine said, I counted everything. I would count the number of steps I took to the road. I counted the steps into church. I even counted the forks and plates when I washed the dishes. Anything that could be counted, I did. As a student, Catherine Johnson excelled academically. Greenbrier County didn't offer public schooling for black students like Catherine Johnson past the eighth grade. So Catherine's parents arranged for their children to attend the high school in Institute, West Virginia. Catherine started high school at the age of 10. Johnson graduated high school at 14, which is the age most people start high school in America. She then enrolled at West Virginia State, a historically black college. She took every math course offered by the college and had multiple mentors. One such mentor was W.W. Shiflin Clater, the third African-American to receive a PhD in mathematics. Clater encouraged Catherine to look into becoming a maths researcher. Catherine Johnson was quoted as saying, Many professors tell you that you'd be good at this or that, but they don't always help you with that career path. Professor Clater made sure that I was prepared to be a research mathematician. Clayton was a young professor himself and he would walk into the room, put his hand in his pocket and take some chalk out and continue yesterday's lesson. But sometimes I could see that others in the class did not understand what he was teaching. So I would ask questions to help them. He'd tell me that I should know the answer and I finally had to tell him that I did know the answer but the other students did not. I could tell. Clayton did far more than encourage Catherine. He made sure she took all the right courses and when he realised that she would need a background in analytic geometry that the college did not offer, he simply put on a course just for Catherine. She graduated with highest distinction in 1937 with degrees in mathematics and French. She was 18 at the time. She then took on a teaching job at a black public school. In 1939, West Virginia decided to quietly integrate its graduate school so black and white students would study together. West Virginia State's president selected Katherine Johnson and two men to be the first black students offered spots at West Virginia University. Katherine Johnson left her teaching job and enrolled in the graduate math program. At the end of her first session, Katherine decided to leave West Virginia University and start a family with her first husband, James Goebel. Also, Clayton's tuition at West Virginia State was extensive, and therefore she was essentially retaking the courses at West Virginia University. And honestly, that's just a waste of time. After leaving West Virginia University, Catherine returned to teaching. 
This was in order to support her family because her husband, James Goebel, was sick. In 1952, at a family gathering, a relative mentioned that the National Advisory Committee for Aeronautics, NACA, was hiring mathematicians. NACA's Langley Laboratory had an all-black West Area computing section that was headed by Dorothy Vaughan, another West Virginian. Catherine accepted a job offer from an agency in 1953 to work for NACA. At this time, NACA was segregated. The West Area Computing Section housed the black computers who were loaned to whichever division required assistance. Due to the segregation, the West computers had to use separate bathrooms and dining facilities. Catherine was loaned to the Maneuver Loads branch of the Flight Research Division. This temporary position soon became permanent. Catherine spent the next four years analysing data from flight tests and worked on the investigation of a plane crash caused by wake turbulence. So, what is wake turbulence? When a plane is in flight, wake turbulence occurs. Vortices, or more than one vortex of rotating air, are formed at the ends of the wings and create difficult flying conditions. Tragically, in 1956, as her work at the Maneuver Loads branch was wrapping up, her husband died of an inoperable brain tumour. Three years later, Catherine married her second husband, James Jim Johnson, in 1959. She changed her name to Catherine Goebel Johnson. In 1958, NACA merged into NASA. NASA had pre-existing rules on banning racial discrimination. There was still racial discrimination, but more prominent was the discrimination against women, and they were not allowed to attend briefings. Catherine was quoted saying, these were such intelligent men. They knew so much, and I always loved intelligence, and so I'd ask what had gone on in the briefings. I'd listen, and listen, and ask questions. Then, of course, I'd ask why I couldn't go myself, and eventually, they just got tired of answering all my questions and just let me into the briefings. It wasn't just briefings that women were overlooked on. They were also not allowed to put their names on their research reports. However, Catherine was persistent. And in 1960, she became the first woman in her division to get her name put on a report. Catherine was working with Ted Skopinski, and towards the end of their time working on the report, he wanted to leave and go to Houston. Henry Pearson, Catherine's supervisor, kept pushing Ted to finish the report they were working on. Finally, Ted told Pearson, Catherine should finish the report. She's done most of the work anyway. And Catherine finished the report, and her name went on it. The report in question was called Determination of Azimuth Angle at Burnout for Placing a Satellite Over a Selected Earth Position. This report contained the theory necessary for launching, tracking and returning space vehicles. This was the first report of 26 that Catherine co-authored during her career. In 1961, Catherine Johnson worked on plotting the path for Freedom 7. This was the first United States human spaceflight, and it was piloted by Alan Shepard. The project's ultimate objective was putting an astronaut into orbit around the Earth and returning him safely. The mission was a 15-minute suborbital flight which demonstrated Shepard's ability to withstand the high g-force of launch and atmospheric re-entry. This was a relatively simple path to plot in the context of what was to come. 
In essence, Freedom 7 was designed to be a ballistic flight, in that it was like a bullet from a gun. A capsule would go up and come down in a big parabola, or an arc shape. The following year, despite using electronic computers to plan the flight for Friendship 7, John Glenn, the pilot, asked for Johnson to run the same numbers through the same equations that had been programmed into the computer, as part of the pre-flight checklist to double-check the workings. Glenn knew Johnson from her work on Freedom 7, as he had been a backup pilot on that mission. Glenn made history aboard Friendship 7, becoming the first US astronaut to orbit Earth. The mission lasted a total of 4 hours, 55 minutes and 23 seconds, and Glenn circled the Earth three times. Catherine said her greatest contribution to space exploration was the calculations that helped sync Project Apollo's lunar module with the Lunar Orbiting Command and Service module in 1969. She was part of the team that calculated where and when to launch the rocket for the Apollo 11 mission. The Apollo 11 mission sent three men to the moon, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin and Michael Collins. The mission launch date was July 16, 1969. After arriving at the moon, the spacecraft orbited the moon for eight days. Armstrong and Aldrin spent 21 hours on the moon's surface, yet the whole mission took 195 hours, 18 minutes and 35 seconds, which was about 36 minutes longer than planned. Apollo 11 splashed down on July 24, 1969, in the Pacific Ocean, 13 miles from the recovery ship. Catherine later worked on the Space Shuttle program, whose mission was to create a partially reusable spacecraft. Then she retired in 1986, after 33 years of service. She received many prestigious awards during her tenure. Among them were the NASA Lunar Orbiter Award, which is an award for pioneering work in the field of navigational problems supporting the five spacecraft that orbited and mapped the Moon in preparation for the Apollo program. On the 16th of November 2015, Catherine received the Presidential Medal of Freedom from President Barack Obama. On the 5th of May 2016, NASA named one of the buildings at the Langley Research Centre in Hampton, Virginia, the Catherine G. Johnson Computational Research Facility. Catherine's life has been adapted by various people. In 2016, the book Hidden Figures, The American Dream and the Untold Story of the Black Women Who Helped Win the Space Race by Margot Lee Shetterly was published. The film Hidden Figures was also released that year. Theodore Melfi and Alison Schroeder wrote the screenplay based loosely on Margot's book. The movie is heavily adapted from what actually happened. The film has been criticised for undermining the role that Catherine had played in projects before the Friendship 7 mission. It also overstates the role that white male scientists played in challenging the racism and sexism at NASA. Maybe one of the reasons behind these changes were the producing team of the film being predominantly white. During the course of her career, Katherine Johnson faced lots of discrimination as a black woman. African-American computers were paid less than their white counterparts. Despite having the same education, they had to retake college courses they had already passed and were often never considered for promotion to other jobs within NACA. In her retirement, Catherine liked to talk to students about school. She encouraged students to keep studying and to work hard. She told them to learn more about math and science 
and she said to never give up on their dreams. Catherine Johnson died on February 24th, 2020. She was 101 years old. Hello everyone, my name is Amy, I'm from Wakefield Litfest, and I'm here to interview our creator Lucy about the process of making her episode. So Lucy, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Lucy, I am a second year math student at the University of York. Um, I study full time and in my spare time I like playing Dungeons and Dragons, and that's me. Perfect. The first thing I'd like to ask is... When did you first hear about Katherine Johnson? So my subject, Katherine Johnson, I first heard about her when the film Hidden Figures came out. So I watched that and I loved it. And then further research into her now, I've literally, to choose my subject, I just went, oh, let's just quick Google search famous mathematicians. And she's the first one that comes up and she's fantastic. <laughs> And has Catherine inspired you in your field of mathematics in any way? I think now I've done more research on her, she definitely has. I've gained just a new love for particularly her area of study, um, like wake turbulence. I really want to learn more about that now, which, yeah, she's just ace, isn't she? <laughs> she's great. So now I'm going to ask you a bit more about the process of actually writing your episode. How did you decide to get involved? For me, it was a bit more like, well, I might as well have a go. I think that's just a great attitude to have. If you see something and you think, maybe I could do it, apply for it and you might get it. And then you get more opportunities. And just when you see something you want to do, I just try and do it. That's a great attitude. And I'm personally so glad you applied. So next question. What has the process of writing your episode been like? It has been interesting. It's given me a little bit of my English literature A-level flashbacks of just small amounts of panic littered with like lots of fun. So for me the info is a little hard to find like there's lots of information on like some websites and then just you can't find anything else but it's been interesting to for me to learn how to research and get back into writing as well has just been fun. Were there any resources that you found particularly useful? I think my best source of information was the NASA.gov website. It is got it has so much information on anything to do with space, and they've got some excellent knowledge on Katherine Johnson and other people who've worked for them. And they've also got that first report she wrote is available on the website, so if you are interested in azimuth angles and uh, space, there's a paper. Other ones are probably classified, but the first one is available for free reading. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'll have to check it out. So my final question is a bit more of a fun one. If you had the chance to do some work with Katherine Johnson, would you take it? And do you think you'd enjoy working with her? I would even if it wasn't just working with her, just going to one of her classes, like if she was teaching, I would love to be in her class because her attitude to 
helping other people learn is fantastic. And just, yes, absolutely yes, 100%. If I could have worked with Katherine Johnson, it would have been a dream come true, particularly after all this research. Thank you so much for joining me today, and thank you for recording and performing your episode. Thank you. That's it from us, but I'd like to thank our audience for listening to us talk about who came before. Bye. Today's episode of Who Came Before was written and performed by Lucy Crawshaw, with theme music by Branwen Munn. It was produced and edited by Amy Winder for Wakefield Lit Best, a literature festival funded by Arts Council England and IBE. To find out more about Wakefield Lit Best, find us on Twitter at WakeyLitFest or on Instagram at WakefieldLitFest or search for us on Facebook. Thank you again for listening.